0: Well good morning guys, it is May 26, 2020 here on Theology Matters where we help people see all of life through a biblical world view. This morning we're going to be doing a devotion on Romans chapter 11 verses 33 through 36. Um, Just want to be an encouragement to you guys on this Tuesday morning on what a great day that it is. It is the day the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it. All right, so we're going to jump into the text and then we will pray and have our devotion time this morning okay we are going to be in again romans 11 verses 33 through 36 and they read oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of god how unsearchable To him be glory forever. Amen. Oh, what a glorious text. Um, So let's pray and we'll jump into our devotion time. Father, we are so grateful for our opportunity to open your word together this morning. And just to see the beauty and the glory of your son. Oh, what a wonderful Savior he is. And we just ask that you would bless our time as we discuss your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. All right. So this morning, we're looking at Romans 11. And let me ask you a question. Have you ever had Moments in your life where something happens that is so amazing and so glorious and so wonderful that it just almost takes your breath away. It's hard for you to express all the emotions and the glory and the ecstasy you feel in that moment. I've had a few of those times in my life one is the day that Jesus Christ radically changed and saved my life uh, from, from a life of uh, debauchery and sin and uh, drug addiction and alcohol addiction and how Christ gloriously saved me and set me free um, man that was a moment that I'll never forget. Uh, It was glorious and amazing. Another event is the day I married my wife. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I was standing up at the altar of the church uh, waiting for her to come out. And man, I am pouring sweat. I'm scared to death. What in the world? Thinking about, man, this is forever. That was my commitment that this was going to be until we died, that I was making a commitment for life. And man, I was nervous. But the moment that music started playing and my wife began to walk down that aisle I didn't think, man, this is forever. I thought, man, I get to spend the rest of my life with this beautiful and amazing woman. And it it took my breath away. And then uh, another, one other time in my life, the day my twin daughters were born. Wow. I remember being in the delivery room with my wife and all the doctors and the nurses scrambling, seeing what's going on. And I remember the moment that I saw both of my daughters. Uh, I I couldn't express the joy that was in my heart uh, when I looked at their little bodies and their faces and their little hands and their feet and their little toes. And how amazing that experience was. Um, Wow. Even now thinking about it. It is is quite amazing thinking about those experiences. Well Paul is kind of in the same place. In this text. Now he has just laid out in these first 11 chapters. What God has done for us in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his son. And Paul becomes so enamored. He becomes so thrilled, I believe, within his heart and life as he takes in, in this moment, all that God has done, all that he has penned in this moment for the Roman believers to see um what God has done for them in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And his heart becomes so thrilled, so enamored with what God has done that he breaks out in a doxology, a praise unto God in the middle of this letter to the Romans. He's getting ready to shift gears, but before he shifts gears from the from orthodoxy, from his theology unto his orthopraxy, now in light of this uh, doctrine, in light of what God has done for you in the person of Christ, this is how you ought to live. But before he can do that, Paul breaks out in this glorious praise unto God. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. What, what, is, what is Paul saying here? Only God could have come up with this thing called salvation in the way he did through his son, Jesus Christ. And there's depth of riches in Jesus. There's depth of wisdom and knowledge of God throughout the gospel, throughout this theology that he has laid out in the first 11 chapters. How unsearchable are his judgments and how unfathomable are his ways. We can't figure out all of God. Wow. But God has revealed to us certain attributes, certain things about himself through his son. But there's certain things about God that we will never plumb the depths of. His wisdom, His knowledge, His judgments, His ways. We will spend an eternity plumbing all there is to know about God. Because His knowledge and His wisdom and His glory never will we plumb all there is to know about those things. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who can tell God what to do? Can you? Can I? Absolutely not. And you know what? If we were able to tell God what to do, it wouldn't have been as glorious of a salvation as it has, because his judgments, his um, ways are unfathomable. We can't figure out all those things. His wisdom and his and the knowledge of God, there's riches in that that never run dry. So who could be a counselor to God? Or well, who has first given to God that God needs to repay him? Now, this is a text. That I often come back to. To remind myself. Of God's love. For me. And. The reason I do this. Is because. Nothing I give to God. Makes him. Or causes him. To need to repay. Him. Or me. He does not need to. Ever repay me. So everything he gives me is complete grace. It's not because of what I do because he owes me absolutely nothing. But because he is good and gracious and loving, he gives to me. He gives to me the person of Jesus Christ. He's given his son. Jesus Christ I didn't deserve that I didn't earn that and I could never deserve it or earn it it's completely based on what God has done because of his grace love mercy and kindness who has first given to God that God needs to repay him God didn't owe us the person of Jesus Christ he didn't owe us anything nothing he didn't know us grace mercy love nothing so everything he gives is absolute grace and then the text goes on for from him and through him and to him are all things everything god is sovereign over everything to him be glory forever Amen. Has God captured your heart like he did Paul's? Do you sit and begin to wonder about this great salvation? And in the middle of it, your heart becomes so enamored, so engrossed with God that you begin to just praise him. And to understand that its salvation is from him, salvation is through him, and salvation is to him. And that all of it is for the glory of God forever. Amen. I pray this morning that your heart would become enamored with God as Paul's was, that you would become so engrossed in a moment that God begins to take your breath away. He begins to so fill your heart with praise and grace and love that all you can do is begin to break out in praise and in worship of this great God and King. Let's pray this morning and close out. I pray this has been encouraging to you. Remember, God owes you nothing. Everything he gives is an absolute grace. And he deserves our praise for everything he gives us. If he gives us something, we need to glorify him forever. And he he has given us his son. Jesus Christ. And what a gift Jesus is. Let's pray this morning. Father, we are so grateful for this opportunity to come together and just open your word, short devotion and be encouraged. And my prayer is is that we would become so enamored with all that you have done for us in the person of Jesus Christ that we would be like Paul And that we would break out into a praise unto you. And that we would know that all things are from you, through you, and to you. And that all glory belongs to you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, guys. I pray you have a fantastic day. And remember... Theology matters.